This episode of I Ride a Bike is supported in part by Allspeed, the official bike shop of the podcast. With convenient locations in Portland, Bethel, and Carabasset Valley, Maine, Allspeed is the local shop for everything bike. For more information and to check out their latest hot deals, please visit allspeed.com. Hi, I'm Seth Ballier, the host of I Ride a Bike, where each episode we follow one basic premise, to never grow old, one ride at a time, and the stories that follow. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes and ride the days into the night. Though our eyes would soon be open for the moment we were golden. Welcome to the podcast. This episode is uh, one of the new series I'm calling Bike Shorts. I'm sitting here at uh, Nemba Fest up in Carabasset Valley and uh, wrangling in some uh, passers-by who have some short little stories they want to share about riding bikes. And the first uh, person I was able to grab a hold of came back uh, today is John Aldrich. Um, welcome to the first episode of uh, Bike Shorts, John. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Appreciate you taking the yeah. time today. You just got done with a fun yeah. ride, you said. Oh, yeah. I had a great time. Beautiful All day. Turns and little dips and everything. Oh, it was great. That's awesome. So let me ask, let me ask the uh, the first question I ask in this the regular uh, episodes of the podcast, and usually gets things going a little bit. But why do you ride a bike, John? Uh, I really have always enjoyed it, but what forced me back to it is uh, both of my ankles had to be fused. So I've been on the bike as my cardio, but I also then fell back in love with it, of riding everywhere and you know. Uh, I will tend to talk, tell the wife, yeah, she's like, I need you to go get this. Let me go get the bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your car. <laughs> well, I mean, riding a bike, it's, it keeps you young, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are days where she, I will come home from work and she'll look at me and went, you better go get on your bike because you're not human right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's great that she she sees that and yeah. understands that. So, well, the, what uh, we we started off talking yesterday. Um, you you said that uh, you've probably been hit by cars more than anyone else. So I think that's the. the I'm at the, ten right now. You're at 10, 10 hit by cars, uh, which is not a record most people really want to have. But uh, you're, you're sitting here, um, and uh, that's a that's a good start anyway. But um, yep. you started telling me about a, a story where you were riding your bike uh, down and. Um, Watertown. Watertown. So yep. let me dive into that one. You tell uh, a little bit about this uh, this one particular crash. Which oh, do you know which number this was of the ten? Uh, this was about number six. Okay, crash number six. Yeah. Well, uh, at the time I was competing, doing full contact taekwondo, and that weekend was a tournament I had to head to. So I was just started dating my wife at the time, so we were going to get together on Wednesday and a Thursday because I had to leave early Friday morning to go to North Carolina. So I get on my bike and I'm riding to her place, which is about 20 miles from my house. And I've got all my stuff in a backpack. And I get to Watertown and I'm a mile from her house. And I start down the only downhill in the entire thing. It was a day or night or? It was day. It okay, was yeah. about seven o'clock in the evening, okay. still sunny. Yeah. It was early June. Okay, yeah. So just as I'm 
picking up speed coming down this hill. This car pulls up beside me and pulls the famous right-hand turn that all cyclists fear. I hit the back of the car. Must have gone inside. Like the back race. bumper or yeah, the side no, of the back side? The side. Yep. The quarter panel. I had cut the bike just enough. The bike didn't get damaged. I went up over the back of the car, down onto the ground, smacking my head into the curb. Heard the helmet crack. Lied there for a second as I hear the car's screech, brakes screech. And I'm like, okay, it's time to do inventory. So you stay conscious the whole time then, yeah. Wiggle (laughs) the fingers and toes, see if the neck moves, nothing hurts. Shoulders, okay, yeah. Uh, Legs move, yeah. Okay, we can stand up. We can get going. I stand up, I reach up, and I grab the helmet, and it just right in half, and I just drop it. <laughs> it pays to have a good helmet. Yeah. Pay, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the uh, motorcyclists say, you have a $10 head, you buy the $10 helmet. <laughs> right, right. Yep, yep, absolutely. So then what, yeah. So the woman who hit me gets out of her car. She happens to be a nurse at the hospital right down the street in Mount Auburn Hospital. She's like, I got to get you to the hospital. I got to, you know, we got to get you checked out. She's like, I'm going to be fine. I've got a really good road rash on the leg and my butt's going to be purple, but yeah, I'm going to be good. No, no, no. You got to come with me. So, well, first let me go to my girlfriend's house, drop the bike off and, you know, tell her because she's expecting me. So I get there. I tell her, yeah, I just been hit by a car. I got to go to Mount Auburn. So she follows us over. Doctors look at me, look me all over, says, yep, he's got a really good road rash on his hip, and his butt's going to be purple tomorrow. <laughs> now, following day, drive to North Carolina to compete. Saturday morning, I'm scheduled to get in the ring at 9 o'clock, so I'm up at like 7.30. Walk to the shower, and as I do, I walk past one of those full-length mirrors <laughs> and see my butt is purple from my hip to my knee. As expected. Yeah, and I'm sleeping in a room with five other guys because everybody's wanting to save money to go to these things. So I scream out loud, and I I wake everybody up. Guys, guys, you got to look at this. I'm purple from my knee to my ass. It's like, looks like I've been bit by Barney. And they were like, we really didn't need to see that first thing in the morning. (laughs) Did it motivate them for uh, the the day's uh, tournament? Oh, yeah. Well, I took first in sparring... uh, Dropping one guy within six seconds. Yeah, right. Uh, body shot, even though we're wearing chest protector. I heard the air come out of him. He went down, and he just looked up at the officials and was like, no mas. <laughs> and, and had he known uh, you've been hit by a, a car the day before, it's like, so you got hit by a car, then he you, he got hit by yeah. you. And, you know, <laughs> so that yeah. says something about your Probably training, Probably the right? car didn't hurt as much. Right, right. I would, I would say so. Right, right. Yeah, that was... Uh, it was a fun time, right? It's one of the many. Uh, well, as somebody mind. who's uh, survived uh, ten hit by a car, or hitting yeah. cars, or whatever, do you have any advice for uh, for a fellow cyclist out there? Yeah, uh, I see guys with headphones in on both sides. I actually will wear one, but only on the curb side because I want to hear stuff coming up on my left. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is expect the unexpected. They're going to make right-hand turns directly in front of you. They're going to do stupid stuff like pulling out of gas stations, even though they can see you coming, because they don't believe you have a right to be there, a lot of people. Yeah, unfortunately. I have been more times screamed at, get up on the sidewalk. 
So I'll always scream back, I guess you don't know all the, any traffic laws, huh? It's illegal for me to be on that sidewalk. <laughs> right. So just be aware. Yep. Be, be present when you're riding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Is <laughs> there anybody, uh, before I let you go, anybody out there you want to say hi to or anything uh, you want to plug? My lovely wife, Mary, and my two kids, Griffin and Lily. All right on. Uh, someday I'll get them in the biking, but... They see me get hit, and it's like, oh, no more going <laughs> yeah. out there. I mean, if you're walking away from them, I'm not sure if you're a, an ambassador for cycling or, or not. But uh, uh, Crash test dummy. There you go. Right on, right on. Well, thanks so much for your time today, so, John. It's been you. a pleasure meeting time. you. and uh, Great being and, here. Yeah, and thanks for listening to the uh, podcast. Yep. If you have any stories out there that you want to share, these uh, short little uh, bike shorts, um, reach me on Instagram or through the website, iRideABike.com. And uh, as always, until next time, ride safe and ride happy. Welcome to another episode of Bike Shorts. I'm uh, here at Nemba Fest in Carabasset Valley, and I've got uh, Melinda Martins with me today. She uh, graciously decided to want to share another a little bike story today. So um, thanks for uh, joining us here on the first few uh, episodes of Bike Shorts, Melinda. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for having me, Seth. Yeah, you're having a good time. It's super muggy and hot. but Oh, yeah. This is awesome. Like This is my first time being here, and I'm, I'm super stoked. Like Everyone's awesome, and uh, people are just coming together as community. I came here by myself, and I made a bunch of friends. So it's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Killer, and then you, and you're smiling even though you just had a crash. <laughs> so that's yep, all right. Yep, that's that's also on brand. So yeah, yeah it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You, that, more proof that you've been riding this weekend. So exactly, I got you know it's part of the swag, right? Right, it is. It is for sure. So let me start you off with a basic question of why do you ride a bike? Why do I ride a bike? That's a good question, actually. I ride a bike. Uh, it teaches me a lot about myself, actually. It teaches me where I hold myself back, where I could be better. Uh, it helps me process a lot of the, whatever is going on in my brain, a lot of the crap. So, like, usually when I'm riding, I start out and I'm just, like, relaxed and, like, this is fun. And then the next thing you know, all of the stuff in your brain is starting to, like, creep in. And I'm like, all right, time to work through this. And that's probably why I crash. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. You know, that's when, that's when I know I'm letting my mind take over versus the bike but it's you know i kind of have this interesting uh love hate relationship with it yeah yeah <laughs> where some days i'm not happy with it and other days i like i'm like i can't go without my bike yeah right on i mean maybe it helps you uh learn how to find that sort of peace or the flow state a little bit more and how to how to compartmentalize things a little yeah, bit yeah yeah absolutely. that's great that's great cool cool well so you uh wanted to share a story about uh your your first time ever riding a bike is that yeah, right yeah yeah so like so let's hear, let's hear about that <laughs> actual bike uh so i've you know as kids you had tricycles and stuff and there's a couple pictures of me on a tricycle and uh, i think i really held on to training wheels for a really long time Yep. and i just never got another bike and i i don't know why but like never got a bike so probably around seven or eight years old uh, my older brothers, I have two older brothers and they were huge into like BMX and skateboarding and they had ramps in the yard and all of that stuff. And I was super jealous. And I remember one day being like, I want to ride BMX. And it was just very, um, 
you know, frowned upon for girls to do stuff like that. So growing up in a male-dominated family, I was always like, if I wanted to try something, I kind of had to like aggressively push myself into that right, right. and prove that I belong there. Yeah. And I remember sitting on the steps and my brothers are outside and their BMX bikes are all on the ground and they're doing something on the other side of the yard. And I just sat there and I'm staring at the bike and I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. And mind you, have never ridden a bike without training wheels. And I just grabbed the bike and I start running. And I could hear my brothers behind me and they're like yelling, saying things. They're chasing after me and I get on the bike and I'm riding. And it's that moment where you learn that you're riding a bike and you're like, oh, my God, I'm riding. And the front wheel just starts going back and forth. And, of course, it's a BMX bike. So the handlebar starts going like this and then it spins around and it hit me right in the chest. I totally went over, tumbled down. And I remember laying on my back just being like, what just happened? It was the first time ever I had the wind knocked out of me. And my brothers came over, they took the bike and, you know, punched you in the arm. And they were like, don't take my stuff, you know, like typical stuff like that. And I was just kind of like laying there and I was like, what did I just do? (laughs) And it was that moment where I was like, I want a bike. And I nagged my parents afterwards. I'm like, I'm going to learn how to ride a bike. And it was one of those things where I, you know, I didn't have that quintessential moment of the dad holding the back of the seat and letting go it was like me just taking a bike going to the top of a hill and learning how to like control it from there is where how I learned how to ride a bike and uh, a lot of that correlates to how I ride now like even with you know going from just having a regular bike that you're just tooling around the streets till the you know until the street lights come on in the 90s 80s and 90s but uh now like I got into mountain biking about five years five or six years ago zero instruction no mentors I just went you know just the same thing with the BMX bike just threw myself at it and of course I have the scars (laughs) to prove how much I've thrown myself into it Um, and so a lot of that correlates and I think you know as I was riding today before I crashed I, uh, I was thinking about that story and realizing how much that first experience of falling off the bike relates to like what gets in my head before I fall because I noticed my tires started doing this and then all of a sudden everything slows down yeah Yeah. and then I hit you know I hit a pedal strike and I went over and I was just like this is so stupid like (laughs) this is because you're in your head right right but I mean I guess it sounds like it taught you to, to get back up and just keep on pushing and you're yeah. just going to get better and, you know, don't walk away after one sort of, you know, quote unquote failure, I guess. Right. 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 And it's easy to do yeah. because you get hurt and you're like, I don't want to experience that again. No one willingly wants to go experience pain. Yeah. Yeah. So you have any advice for uh, people who have never ridden a bike before I or, would or ask, haven't ridden a bike in a long time? I would say there is a, what's, what do I want to say? I want to say it's not too late. Like, it doesn't matter if you're 10, 20, 30, 40, like, try it. Yeah. Like, it did, I got into mountain biking only five years ago, and all of the things that I, you know, even got into backcountry skiing last year, and all of these different things going into my 40s. And at first, I felt like I couldn't stack up against everybody. I was like, I have so much to catch up to everyone. And then, you know, now looking back at it, it's like, it doesn't matter. Because every year I see an incremental growth yep. to, you know, what correlates to my mountain biking, to my skiing. And it's like, oh, I got a little bit better. Like this year, 
I'm focused on, you know, where I'm, where I'm weaker, it, which is cornering. I'm not the greatest at cornering. I'm, like, very wobbly around corners. So I'm, like, I'm just going to consistently keep doing it until I get better at that. And then I'm going to find something else that I'm not great at. And I'm just going to keep doing that. And that's, you know, that's how you get better. Like, you're never going to get on a bike and be great. Right, right, out, right. out the gate. You're, it's not going to happen. Always room to learn and grow. Yeah, yeah, and that's the best part of it. Yeah, yeah, great, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that story here You're today. Welcome. On, on bike shorts. Um, before I let you go, though, is there anything uh, you want to plug out there? Anybody you want to say hi Ooh. to? Well, I want to give a shout out to the uh, She Jumps crew. So I volunteer for an organization called She Jumps, uh, and they are an outdoor program for uh, women and girls. So we do uh, close to free or low cost outdoor education, which includes things like mountain biking, uh, skiing, all types of stuff. So please check out their website, which would be uh, shejumps.org. Right on. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. And uh, any anybody out there listening to this episode, if you have any short bike stories you want to share, just getting this rolling. And I'd uh, love to hear, hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at iRide a bike or on the website at iridabike.com and until next time ride safe and ride happy thanks so much Seth. Thank you. I'd like to welcome uh, another guest to uh, bike shorts i'm sitting here with lindsay courier we're uh, at Nemba Fest up here in Carabasset Valley. It's uh, getting even hotter and hotter through the day. We're very sweaty, but Lindsay just got done with a ride, so she's feeling the heat more than I am for sure. But uh, thanks for joining me at the uh, the booth here today. Yeah, great to be here, Seth. Yeah, absolutely. How was your ride today? It was hot, but I got to ride with Adam Craig, which was always amazing, and we had a great group for our enduro clinic. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Were you, were you helping run the clinic, or were you just riding? He was riding? he was the lead of the clinic, and yeah. I was his like sweep assistant. Right on. Yeah. Cool. That's that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. It's always fun to do that. Yeah, cool. Well, let's, let's kick this off and uh, ask the uh, general question of why do you ride a bike? Well, I ride a bike because it's my mental health uh, therapy, my church, my diet, my everything. I mean, biking is my life, and if I don't do it, I'm not a happy person. So that's why I ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic reason. That's a, I mean, more people, I think, would be happier if they would ride a bike. Yeah, my, that's I think my humble opinion. Everyone needs to be riding bikes. Yep, I, I fully agree with that for sure. So, but uh, you you came over today because you uh, had a story about um, you you live here in Carabasset Valley, and then yeah. uh, I just want, want to share so, that story. Um, about 20 years ago, I was going to University of Maine Farmington, and I'm originally from northwestern Connecticut, and we have some fine single track down in that rural area. And um, I came up here for school, and I brought my mountain bike. I had worked at a shop and rode with my dad for a long time and all the shop guys, and so I had high expectations when I got here. And lo and behold, there were, like, no mountain bike trails. I mean, people told me to go ride the ATV trail, and I just couldn't get into it. And... I spent a year here doing school and in the ski industry program, and that was really fun. But then, you know, going out and riding some other places out west, like for Interbike, which is like the industry trade show they used to have, and I would get sent out with the shop. I just was like, I need to go somewhere else. There's nothing here for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, although there's great hiking, there's great people, all that stuff. I just, I left, and I left for a long time. And then I came back uh, in 2017 and started riding in Maine again. And 
it's just, and then I moved back full time and it's just blowing my mind. I mean, all the work that the NEMBA chapters are doing and like just to shout out some names like Chris Riley and Adam Craig, what he's doing at Sugarloaf, um, what we have right here in the valley, like that Josh is building through the town of Carabasset. It's just amazing and mind blowing. And sometimes I wake up and feel like I'm living a dream. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't expect it you know, when I first decided to come back. So so when so did you legit, like, move out of here because you were looking for a better trail? I wanted more thing? terrain. I yeah. wanted, like, skiing that wasn't ice, and <laughs> I wanted to, like, rip bigger mountains, longer descents. I was, like, really drawn to the free ride scene. I wanted to get more into that, and I just wasn't seeing it here, so I left. Yeah. And lo and behold, like, there are so many people here that participate in that, like, whether they were here the whole time or they left and they came back, like... Like I said, this is my dream come true. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you see yourself ever having to leave again for any reason? Um, I'm gonna travel again. I miss my friends like out in Cali, and I miss riding like different places and and connecting with people at events like this, like Namba Fest, but in other locations that aren't my backyard. So I'll definitely travel, but I I see myself like being an old lady. Yeah, <laughs> would you be and, and mountain biking the entire time too? Yes, yeah, right hopefully. On. Yeah. yeah, do you think you'll if ever switch to an me. e assist bike if you have to? I um, I shattered my vertebrae, one of my vertebrae's, uh, when I was in my twenties, and so I have a pretty significant like chronic pain is issue. Oh, um, fair. And it yeah. comes and it goes, and so I, I see value in the e bike and getting people back out there. And I rode one when I was pregnant with my daughter, and that was really helpful. It kept my spirits up. So. Maybe someday when I'm super old, I'll have an e-bike. Right or if on. I'm really injured. Right on. Yeah. And, and, and any way to get on a bike is always a good yeah. thing, Renny. Yeah. Right? I'm all about being inclusive of anybody, you know, and if it gets them on a bike, then do it. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, any yeah. advice for uh, people who are considering coming to Maine to ride bikes now? <laughs> Besides just do it? <laughs> yeah, definitely just do it. Check out, like, all of our NEMBA chapters. They've all got different projects going on. And, like I said, there's been an explosion of mountain bike trails in the state, and it's just amazing. Yeah, right on. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your uh, quick little story about uh, the full circle of coming back to Carabasset Valley. Right and thanks on. for being here and everything you do. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before I let you go, though, is there anybody uh, you want to say hi to out there or anything additional you want to plug? Yeah, I want to plug Freeman Ridge Bike Park. I didn't even mention them. Um, I live in Kingfield, actually. I don't live in Carabasset Valley exactly, but um, Kingfield is just south of Carabasset, and we've got this great little private bike park that Spencer and Kayla Lee have built, and I coach skills down there, and it's super awesome training area like to teach people to progress like through their cornering and jumping and dropping, and they've got a good crew of people down there as well to ride with. It's, yeah. Great spot and run by really great yeah. people, right? And then I'd go to Fatty's and get a burrito. After. There you go. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah. Anybody out there listening to this, if you have any short stories or something about bikes you want to share, love to hear from you. You can find me at iRideABike.com or on Instagram at iRideABike. And until next time, ride safe and ride happy. All right, welcome to another episode of Bike Shorts. I'm uh, still here at uh, NEMBA, Carabasset Valley, Maine, and uh, a volunteer walking around with NEMBA was walking by, roped her in, um, and uh, she agreed to sit down and tell me a, a little story about riding bikes. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Emily. This is Emily, Emily Ellswick. 
Welcome Thank to the podcast. You. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. As I stutter through this, this heat I think is getting to my brain about now. So same here. We're, uh, at, uh, <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon. It's about 187 degrees out. So you know. Yes. Yeah. But thanks for your uh, volunteering and thanks for stopping in and uh, chatting a little bit bikes with me. So absolutely. Yeah. So um, I want to start off with the the first basic question is uh, why do you ride a bike? Oh man, um, I ride a bike because it is. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of become everything to me. It's my stress relief, but also the thing I do to get amped up and excited. It's good for bad days. It's good for good days. It's just, I always want to do it. There's never a reason not to in my mind. Yeah, that's fantastic. Rain or shine, sleet and snow. Yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yep. That's great. Love great. snow. Well, the, one of the reasons I wanted, I was excited to have you on the podcast is, um, I'm not sure if you want to share your age, but uh, you you. You just learned to ride a bike recently, then, right? Yes, so you, I did. Want to share a little like backstory about that and about what yeah. got you into riding bikes? Absolutely, yeah. I am 29, and the first time I ever rode a bike was last year. I was 28, so um, my partner got into mountain biking. He's been a lifelong, you know, biker just around the neighborhood, on the road, whatever. But he got more into mountain biking, and I was kind of embarrassed and told him that. Uh, I didn't know how to ride a bike, so he taught me, and um, ever since then, I just took to it, and I love it, and it's my new favorite thing. So did you actually, you, so you never actually, like, did a bike as a kid, no training wheels, no strider, nothing, just never swung your leg over a bike before? <laughs> nope, no, I didn't. Um, my dad was kind of nerdy and techie growing up, and my mom is just terrified of the outdoors, <laughs> and I am nothing like either of them. So, yeah, I just never rode a bike growing up. And never, never came into Did you ever have a desire as a kid that you wanted to learn at any point, do you remember, or is it just kind of one of those things that just kind of passed by and you have plenty of other things to keep you busy yep it just kind of passed by um i got my license to drive as soon as i could when i was I think 15 in the state i was in at the time so i never really thought about it right on yeah, yeah. and so now you're riding bikes how many uh how many how long did it take you to um learn to ride a bike I want to hear a little bit about like, being 28. I mean, as a kid, like you're like you're out there on a Strider bike or you have your training wheels. As an adult, how do you learn to ride a bike? Well, I just kind of went head first. Um, I didn't have a lot of fear about it, fortunately, because I'm pretty clumsy anyway. So <laughs> I'm kind of used to falling on my face. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess that's a good quality to have in this scenario. So. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when I had started riding a bike I had just moved to Maine and didn't really know anybody so I was kind of just riding every day to keep busy um every day after work at five o'clock I would just go practice and I'd say within about three months I was clearing green trails on a mountain bike so three months in that's amazing yep. that's great <laughs> did you have any uh trepidation at the beginning where you were falling and kind of not sure if you would actually enjoy riding bike I mean was there a switch that all of a sudden you went from like okay I have to learn to do this and then all of a sudden it became a joyful thing to do? Or did you have fun from day one even falling down? To be honest, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. I had fun from day one, okay, <laughs> to right be on. honest. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was really excited the first time I went OTB because I was like, yes, it's out of the way. I don't have to fear this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Yep. That's great. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really excited to have you join the bike riding community. It's uh, You're obviously going to be a great ambassador for it. Um, <laughs> any you. advice you want to share to people out there who maybe be in the same scenario you were when you were 28? Yeah. Um, 
don't be afraid. It, it's definitely scary, but um, don't be afraid. Get the gear. Elbow pads, knee pads, shin pads saved my life. Um, and once you've got it, just don't be afraid to fall down. You're going to. There's no way around it. Right. Just enjoy it. Yeah. The ups and downs. <laughs> right on. Do you uh, now? Could you imagine ever not riding a bike? No. Now that you started. No. Ideally, I would like to just commute on a bike entirely if I could. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, sharing that little uh, bit of story there, and um, you know, maybe inspiring a few people that. It, maybe haven't even ridden in a long time. They feel like they've lost the ability to ride a bike or whatever, but yeah. you know, maybe you've inspired a few people to get back out, out there or get out there for the first time. So I hope so. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for coming by. Um, before I let you go there, is there anybody you want to say hi to out there or anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, I'm just going to shamelessly plug myself and my partner. Um, <laughs> we just actually decided we were going to live out of our rooftop tent. So we created an Instagram for that. Okay. And so that? that's um, at rooftop rats on Instagram. Right on. So if anyone wants to give that a follow and just see the mountain biking shenanigans we get into, it's there. That's fun. That's fun. And I yeah. think that uh, maybe it will, we'll give it a follow. We'll share it on our page. And then uh, at some point, maybe we'll catch up and do a, a more of a long form interview with some of your uh, shenanigans and travels that you get into. Yeah, that would be awesome. And maybe maybe do a the first ever couples interview. Yep, I don't yeah. Know, this maybe not another idea. So. Oh, I'm sure he'd love it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, again, thanks so much, Emily, for uh, swinging by today and uh, sharing sharing your uh, inspiration here today. So. Well, thank and, you. And anybody out there, if you have any uh, stories you'd like to share, like Emily, I'd love to hear from you. You can uh, reach me at uh, iRideABike.com. Follow along on Instagram at iRideABike. And until next time, ride safe and ride happy. Welcome to another uh, episode of Bike Shorts here. I'm trying out this new idea. I'm at uh, Nembefest in Carabasset Valley, Maine, and I'm lucky enough to uh, have got, I got uh, Peter Graves to come sit down with me over here. He was over here doing the announcing, and uh, you, you may know his name from many, many years of uh, being in the, in the scene, in the industry, probably uh, more years than he'd like to recount all at one time. So <laughs> we'll try to stick to the uh, shorts episode of this, the theme here. But uh, thanks for joining me here at the, at the tent. You know, I'm so happy to be here, and uh, it's wonderful to be back in the mountain bike scene. I, I have been a little bit of a stranger in it the last decade or so, you know, but doing my summer work has been a lot of road cycling. I was in Tokyo last year at this time doing the road and uh, time trial uh, at the Olympic Games. Um, so it's really nice to be back, and, and of course I've missed it greatly. Yeah, right on. And so what I'd like to do is actually start off by asking people just the basic question of why do you ride a bike? Uh, for me, you'll get a very specific answer because I was a cross-country ski racer in high school and college. And around 1970, a bunch of U.S. national team road cyclists came to Manchester, Vermont, to live with a benefactor there, a person that had a lot of money. And um, the U.S. road cycling team wasn't particularly well-funded, so you had guys like all Olympic riders, John Howard, Stan Swaim, John Alice, and Tom Officer, George Mount. And I was a cross-country skier, as was a lot of guys that were in Vermont at that time, and we adopted it as a way of cross-training for the sport in winter, sure. particularly climbing, you know, is so 
specific biomechanically to the uh, to the kind of leg stroke uh, we use in cross country skiing, and so um, it was a match. And some of the guys, uh, young Jim Golanus, who became an Olympic cross country skier, Bob Gray became a national time trial champion. Um, a lot of the guys seem to adapt to it really, really well. So it started with cross training uh, at the Putney West Hill Bike Club in Vermont. <laughs> yeah. And then it led to a lifelong love affair with the sport, both doing but also as an announcer and journalist because there's so many similarities. You know, of course, it's outdoors. It's, uh, you know, it helps to have great physiology in both cross-country skiing and particularly cross-country mountain bike riding and racing. Um, there are a lot of similarities, so I took to it well. Uh, as I get older, and I, I'm 70 now, so I'm no kid anymore <laughs> and acutely aware of that, but I, I realize that there are other intrinsic things that, that really move me, you know, including in the winter, riding up the chairlift and here having the snow and the wind in my my hair and stuff and and out cycling with the same kinds of sounds. You know, it's it's a lifestyle. It's something that I really love and something that I my work, I try to educate, inspire, and inform, you know, and I, I always am very tickled and flattered if I hear some young person came up to me and they said, you know, I heard you do a race so-and-so years ago, and you inspired me to ride. Oh, and, that's fantastic, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been a blessing, um, <laughs> but really a lifestyle, too. Yeah, that's great, right, and you're smiling through this whole this uh, whole story already, yeah. so you can tell it's coming from the heart, and uh, it's uh, influenced you in such positive ways, so, you know, you made a life out of it, basically, here, so I have. in a lot of ways. And a, a lot of people have asked me, oh, you've got a real cool job. I've been doing this 50 years now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, wild, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I did, and I have always gotten paid for uh, most of my work, both at ESPN, Outdoor Life, and U.S. Cycling and UCI. Um, but it, it is more than that. But I had no agenda how to create a life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I need more than a power bar and a T-shirt now uh, <laughs> yeah. to do my work, you know, sure. but it, because it's been my livelihood. But um, at the core, I love it. Uh, and you can't fake it. You yeah. know, you either have it or you don't. And... I'd like to think that on good days I have it and that I can do educate, inspire, and inform. It's been really a joy. That's awesome. That's really great. Well, you have a, 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 a bike-specific story you'd like to share with, uh, with the, the listeners out there today? You know, um, I came to mountain biking uh, after my own road cycling uh, work, but uh, it was around 1988, a guy named Brian Stickle, who was working at Norba, asked me to do a mountain bike event at Mount Snow in Vermont, near to my house. Wasn't really sure on that very first race exactly what I was getting into. You know, I had heard about the legends out in Marin Kelly, whether it be like uh, Marin County, like Charlie Kelly or Joe Breeze or um, Gary Fisher, some of the real uh, pioneers in the sport. Mike Sinyard uh, at Specialized. Um, so I just tried to apply uh, the same milieu that I, I did with ski racing. And, you know, um, of course, cross-country and downhill are, are quite different disciplines, requiring different skills and, in fact, different bikes. But they were still on hardtails, you know, when, when I was there. 
I saw the emergence of Paul Turner with Rock Shocks, Fox Shocks, and others that started uh, coming out of the scene and how that made the ride. Um, so there was in that early era a tremendous evolution in, in equipment for the sport, both in downhill and cross country. I quickly saw, for example, and if you grew up in Vermont, you're not associated too much with the BMX scene. That's more Southern California. Sure, and yeah. Maybe Phoenix and, and big, particularly Western cities. But I quickly saw, as I got to know people like Dave Cullinan, Brian Lopes, uh, Lee Donovan, uh, other people like that, that if you were a young kid growing up in SoCali, you probably came through a BMX program. Even John Tomac, uh, the, the legendary bike racer um, who's retired now, but, I mean, he was a great bike handler, you know, and, and he cut his teeth on uh, BMX in Michigan where he grew up. So I, I, it's been fascinating to see the sophistication level. Those guys at Marin County were riding like bastardized Swin Varsities, sure, you know, yeah. and throwing yeah. all kinds of equipment on them. They were the pioneers. They were the creators. And, you know, I also saw the sport go from, and it's a little analogous to snowboarding, um, something that was really free-spirited and stuff like that. And, and this is not to impugn either sports, but something that got uh, over time, and we need corporate America and sponsors. We all do. And we benefit from them. But it became much more structured and a little less freeform. You know what I mean? Right, sure, yeah. And yeah. I, I, it was the case probably of something gained, something lost a little bit. Um, so I kind of lived through that era. But my greatest memories were having access and being available during that era to people like the legendary downhiller Missy Giovi, who grew up in Wilmington, Vermont, near Mount Snow. Uh, Tomac, the, the wonderful ambassador for Specialized of the Sport now, but the first world champion in Durango in 1990 uh, for cross country. Such an ambassador, such a really nice guy. And, um, you know, he's turned so many people on to the sport. He is a great athlete. They call him the lung, but he's <laughs> retired now, mostly doing ambassador work for Specialized. Uh, great guy. Um, the riding of John Tomac, Ju Julie Furtado, both a cross-country champion and a downhill champion of the UCI. You don't see that happen much anymore, yeah, you, you know? Yeah. But she was an, a former ski racer who knew how to hurt, had good <laughs> technical skills, and really good genetics. And she was an incredible rider. I'll never forget those days of being able to call all of them friends, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's powerful it now. Is, yeah. um, the younger group that's going now, I don't know a, a lot of them anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I watch and I follow, but they're new names to me. Yep. Um, I will never forget that era, and um, that's why it's it's especially nice to be back here, see people like you, other people here that have been involved in the sport for a long time. I love what you're doing with a podcast. I think it's really important, um, and, um, you know, we need some good podcasts out there, right? So, um <laughs> Yeah, those are. I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. for sure. <laughs> yeah. But those are those are the things. And along the way, either skiing or cycling, I've been to thirteen Olympics. You know, I didn't grow up as a little kid in Bennington, Vermont, thinking that I would ever go to one Olympic Games, and I've been to thirteen. Wow, that's yeah. a, a real blessing. Yeah, traveled the world, met friends, be while doing of, what you love, <laughs> doing what you love, yeah. and kind of becoming 
a citizen of the world in doing so. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was in Sochi for the Winter Olympic Games for in Russia, uh, Korea for 2018 at Pyeongchang. Um, and, it, you know, it's such a blessing of getting to know people uh, on a really much more fundamental level, not a superficial level. Mountain biking has great people and great characters, you know. Uh, I'm thinking back not only to Muffy, but Greg Herbold, who was a great downhill champion, the H-ball. Uh, he, he was extraordinary. It's been a hell of a lot of fun with yeah. great people. And, and, geez, what? And I get paid. What could you ask? <laughs> what say, more could you ask I mean, for? It sounds like a, a dream dream spot for me. I mean, I'm doing this podcast because I enjoy just speaking with people like yourself and getting out in, in, in a, a general vibe of happiness, which bikes usually bring that around. So it's uh, to get paid would be a, another whole another level for, for well, me. Well, I hope you can do it sometime because <laughs> yeah. what you're doing is a valuable service. And sponsors will come to you if you keep doing it, I think. You know, it's an important service. Um, but... It's a cool sport. Uh, it still maintains, you know, I think I'm old enough where, and you probably never heard of this, but at Mount Snow, they had the naked crit. And I an I, uh, it was not a sanctioned event by Mount Snow or Norba or the UCI. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it would they be. They used but. <laughs> to race around this giant fire. And these were a lot of pros and expert riders. And every time you got lapped, a layer of clothing went off. <laughs> I dare say we probably that hasn't been run for a long time. But the naked crit, everybody who was there in that era has memories of that. It was <laughs> it was really fun and really tribal. And I like that about the sport. You know, it, it, it like if you ever go to to uh, the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii, and you're around Waimea, you're around the surf culture. You know, surfing and mountain biking. Yeah, they're different, but the but the kind of culture and the people it attracts are really, really quite similar. Yeah, you know yeah, the mentality and the yeah, camaraderie of it all. They want to yeah. be part of something, yeah. you know, and they know how they work hard. They know how to have fun. Talked a little bit about racing here, but I think the other message that is really important: we're at the New England Mountain Bike Festival. Yeah. A lot of this is not about racing here. You know, we have skills clinics, we have seminars. People are learning how to pull a wheelie. They're learning how to corner. Um, a variety of different things. Cycling is at its best, should be an inclusive club. What in everybody come one, come all. Yep, absolutely. Know? And I think that's also as I get older, I, I, I see the beauty of this because it's it's elite level racing. It's also can be very beginner like and nurturing too. We have adaptive riders here who are going out in in adaptive uh Mountain bike wheelchairs, mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I think that's a movement where there continues to be a really lot of growth. But I, yeah, think I think the accessibility of it all is obviously I mean, more trail building, but also technology allowing more people to get out there, especially the adaptive type of stuff or the introduction of these e-assist bikes just to get people out there that maybe don't necessarily have the ability to, to ride bikes or now be able to do it. And That's you know, a really good point. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I think the e-bikes have – been a, a just a huge thing for the industry too you know i mean basically everybody's doing them now and the quality is really high mm -hmm. um but i hope people that are listening who are not necessarily racing fans because pardon me for being racing oriented i, I am and i admit it but um this sport can include you it needs you it wants you um and, and i'm hope i'm around to uh, uh give all of uh folks <laughs> coming into this a little welcome i have some stories to tell All but right. those are some 
those are some thoughts on the early days and you know uh, so yeah. it's all cool yeah, yeah. it is the, uh, the whole recreational aspect of it i mean the majority of the people i speak with are are just people who like to ride bikes there might be somebody who just rides their bike to work every day or something like that and, and that's their cycling story right but um just having accessibility to everybody is my number one thing just to remind people that riding a bike is should be a joy and it's a it's got a lot of extra benefits but smiling is the number one part of it so i think if you, know. you stick with that as your philosophy you will be a winner because, <laughs> right you know i mean we must enjoy this journey yeah. you know yeah. uh and um some of us do it on two wheels or two skis you yeah, know right. and yeah. it's it's a it, they're both remarkable sports and uh I can't thank you enough for having me on the program. Well, I can't I, thank you enough for I've coming over. And, and Call me again if you ever want to get into chapter two. No, we'll do a we'll do a we'll do a full volume series at some point. I could see that. So, okay. but thank you so much for your time today. Is there anybody out there before I let you go? Anybody you want to say hi to or any anything you want to plug? Well, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, the one thing that does come to mind is I'd plug my family, okay, yeah. my grown children, and all of that because Dad was away a lot traveling. In, in really formative years. Yeah. And um, I love my kids, and they're great adults. Um, but I think there are a lot of moms and dads who who maybe work on circuits, and they're sometimes torn between family and and, and the need to be on the road. Um, they sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm so appreciative for the family I have and the love and understanding. Um, now, mind you, my kids got some great trips, you know? <laughs> when we used to have World Cups I'm sure, I'm sure. in Hawaii, they loved to go out there. You know, yeah. they went to England It wasn't me. all bad. They went to Vail. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. a lot of it was very right, good. Right, But that's an important thing. It is, it is, absolutely. Well, thanks so much again, Peter. I appreciate your time today. Uh, anybody out there, if you're interested in uh, sharing a story like Peter, uh, you can find me at iRideabike.com or you can uh, follow along on Instagram at iRideabike. And until next time, ride safe and ride happy. I'd like to welcome another uh, guest to Bike Shorts here. I'm sitting here with Justin Nardella. He's got a cool little company he's uh, getting the word out about here at, at Nemba Fest here in Carabasset Valley. And uh, said he wanted to come by and share a little story about biking. And so uh, thanks for swinging by the yeah. tent today. Thanks for having me, Seth. Thank yep. you. Yeah, so I guess I, I kind of want to just talk about what got me into mountain biking, uh, why I love it so much. Uh, just really how I started. I feel like that, that summer story is when I started. Right on. Well, let me before we do that, let's back up real quick and just uh, get your the, the quick answer to uh, why do you even ride a bike? Why do you ride a bike? I ride a bike. Uh, I, I feel like it connects me. I haven't been always the most coordinated person uh, playing sports. I played basketball while I was mountain biking, and I, I was much better at one than the other, mountain biking. <laughs> yeah. um, and people are like, oh, you're tall. Play basketball? No, I, I mountain bike. <laughs> right on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, That's great. Cool. All right, so then uh, you're. you're uh, let's go right into your uh, your story. What was what was what was the the prompt for that? Yeah, so like, it all started like summer, like the summer back in Cape Cod. I was like about 13 years old. Uh, so my dad and and his good friend they grew up together, and they ended up buying a house in Cape Cod, like right next to each other. And uh, he has two sons. And one my age, one a little younger, and we really all got into mountain biking. And their dad was already kind of into it. 
And so that summer we would just bike around. Uh, there was like this private golf course near where we live, <laughs> and we, we we biked past the gates. And one day we got we got yelled at by a bunch of old golfers. Uh, that, and then we kind of like you know pedaled away. That was pretty fun. Were you uh, actually out on the golf course itself? Uh, we were on like the paths. Okay, we were on okay. The paths. Yeah. We were being respectful. You weren't you know? like you weren't like you know doing wheelies across the greens or anything. Not at all. No, yeah. we weren't even at that skill level. We were in helmets, <laughs> right. like obviously young kids on bikes yeah. on a golf course bunch of old men yelling at us is what it is yeah but that sounds pretty it. classic though i mean like you know it's just like a scene out of a movie you know you got these golfers out there and then these comes these little hooligan kids riding their bikes across the, yeah. the golf course so classic hey but hey we were respectful hooligan kids <laughs> all right that's respectful is good though yeah, yeah but yeah i mean just that summer and then us going to like nearby trails in the cape for those listening there's trail of tears uh, down in Cape Cod, that's a really well-known one. Getting to know those trails, those were crazy. I remember riding that trail on a hardtail, like a trail on there, and it was just full of rocks. And I was just like, I like shaked my like skeleton, like <laughs> just going down there and like having so so new, few skills, but it was so fun. It got me hooked. Well, that's a, and that's a lot of the common theme with most people who have gotten into biking at some point is that you don't have to be good to enjoy it. You just have to get on the bike and start riding and then usually you're having fun immediately and then your fun can change depending on your discipline or whatever you're doing but uh just riding sure. bike is uh, is is the point of riding a bike right absolutely for sure <laughs> and it's crazy to just look back on like kind of how far i've come like i started out one day like freaking out when i first lost my first plastic presta cap looking for in like the grass like like oh, really fell off the bike yeah presta cap and then i and then I, years later I, I was building like a frame throwing away the presta caps so <laughs> right. like building up a bike like it's like crazy just you know how you can progress and and just enjoy the sport in different ways you can enjoy riding you can enjoy the actual mechanical component of it and working on a bike which i always i always love both mm -hmm. but uh yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my my story, and just kind of trying to express my passion for mountain biking. Right on, man. That's awesome. Well, thanks for uh, sharing that with everybody out there. And uh, before I let you go, though, um, why don't you give a little plug to uh, what you're doing here at NembaFest? Yeah, sure. Thank, thank you, Seth. So uh, Seth kind of mentioned I'm here at NembaFest, working on a company. Me, and my co-founder Maria, she's actually my girlfriend. We're here, and we are uh, we're working together. We're both BU students, and uh, I've had this idea in my mind. So it's Stanchion Saver. It is to bring the idea is to bring stanchion protection mainstream you know those stanchion boots that you might have seen those rubber things they can get dirt caught and and so forth it has their own process of problems but why not just put like there has to be a modern solution that's our goal that's our mission we're here with some prototypes trying to you know get some ideas and get a product out really soon uh, we're thinking about a month maybe two at most but we really want to get something out there right and, on uh, awesome and how, and how yeah. can people uh, find out some more information about that yeah so stanchion saver you can find us on instagram at stanchion.saver uh, we have a website, stanchionsaver.com, uh, and we are probably going to build a LinkedIn page eventually, but uh, that's, our, that's our deal right now. <laughs> right We're going to get some media on those pages, too. Right but. on. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And is there anybody else you want to say hi out there, too, while you're on the mic? Let's see. Uh, well, maybe uh, my good good friends from, from the summers in the Cape, if they're listening, uh, my mom, uh, my dad, who's here. Yeah, right <laughs> and on. Of course, Maria, who's right next to me right now. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's really it. Uh, awesome. Yeah, thank cool. you so much, Seth. Absolutely. Thanks for swinging awesome. by the booth today and uh, sharing that with everybody. And uh, I wish you the best of success with your with your idea here i love entrepreneurship and inventiveness so it's that's fantastic so thank you so yeah, much yeah. i appreciate it absolutely so is anybody out there if you have a short little story you want to share uh feel free to reach out to me i'm always looking for fun and interesting uh stories uh, you can find me at iRideabike.com or you can follow along on instagram at iRideabike. and until next time ride safe and ride happy
All right, I'd like to welcome another guest to Bike Shorts here at Nemba Fest in Carabasset Valley. Um, sitting down here with uh, Josh Brown. He's visiting for the first time from Washington State, I think that's what you said. Yeah. I've never been to Maine before. and uh, but So welcome to Maine and Thank welcome you. to the podcast. Thanks for your time. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. How are you liking uh, Maine so far? Oh, it's been great. Yeah. yeah, the people are awesome. The vibes are great. And Charles has been super fun. So, yeah, right on. Yeah, happy to be here. What was the, uh, what brought you out here then? Was it Nemba uh, Fest? Nemba or? Fest, oh, yeah. Cool. I'm here with the transition crew and my first trip, first trip out to Maine. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just stoked to be here. Yeah. Are you getting uh, enough time out here to be on trails and ride some too or yeah just... so we were taking time you know uh before and after the fest you know the first day we took some time uh afterwards and hit a little bit of the i think the oak 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 knoll oak knoll yeah yep. and then this morning we uh got up early and went up to sugarloaf and summited that and oh, right down on. some of the new enduro tracks and yeah cool. i had a great time doing that right on. any favorites yet Oh man, I don't know any of the names yeah, okay, up there, yeah, but right. just like some of the yeah, the like stage two, I think was super rad. Yeah. So yeah, whatever they're calling that one. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's all fun, right? Yeah, it's yeah, all riding good. a bike. So yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as we're on wheels. Right. Right. Cool. Yeah. Well, so uh, let me start off with the basic question of why do you ride a bike? Uh, so I mean, what got me started was I was working at Dairy Queen, and my buddy came in. And he's like, "Hey, let's go mountain biking." I was like, "Okay, well, like." I can use my dad's bike in the garage like so we you know took that out to my local like trails it was out in three peaks in cedar city utah and just had a great time and just kind of kept going because it was just super fun so we just just kept going yeah right. just had a great time doing it and it just uh, creates so many smiles you can't you can't leave it now right? yeah i know it just stuck life without bikes imagine yeah that. <laughs> yeah and there's so many pluses you know you get your exercise get your fresh air and to see some great areas. Yeah, right on. Yeah, and now it looks like it's turned into also uh, your your turned into a career career for you too. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I never would have like thought that it would have led me down that path, but right. here we are. I mean, you'd be still stuck at Dairy Queen if it wasn't for bikes, right? I probably would. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> right on. That's funny. Um, so um, you you. Uh, so the premise here, obviously, are these uh, bike shorts, short stories or something like that. So you were you started mentioning a, a bike trip here with some buddies or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so me and uh, two friends, we loaded up a truck and took all our bikes and headed up to Oregon to kind of check out the our first time into the Pacific Northwest. And we hit up Bend area and uh, Sandy Ridge and kind of camped around Mount Hood area and just, man, had a great time up there and just floated in the river and Bend and hit the trails there and, man... Yeah, just and then it brought me back up here because it's like, oh, Pacific Northwest, green, so, yeah. Yep, totally. Yeah. Any uh, shenanigans or anything that happened along that trip out there? Uh, well, <laughs> we pulled up to our campsite one time, and uh, there was like written in the dirt was like. Uh, Bigfoot dwells here and so we were like oh crap like that's crazy and then we're sitting around the campfire at night and we heard some spooky noises in the yeah, woods right. and we didn't know what to account them for but we we're Bigfoot he's out there yeah well, <laughs> apparently he can spell too <laughs> yeah right, right? <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean obviously you know someone gets that into your head and then you're out in the middle of the wilderness it, it can yeah it can get in the back of your head I have a, such an active imagination that, you know, you, you put that out there and I'm like, I definitely heard something and it could just be literally like yeah, just, a, the trees swaying or totally. something like that. Yeah. But yeah. That's yeah. cool. Any uh, fun adventures planned after Maine? Oh man. Just going back to hometown and just riding more bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nothing cool. big planned, but yeah, just keep riding. Right on, man. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I'd love to, you know, hear about uh, a little bit about what you're, what you're doing and stuff like that. So before I let you go, do you want to uh, sort of plug what you're out here doing? 
Yeah, so uh, like I said, I'm just here with the transition crew. I am a new hire. I've recently been with them. I've only been with them for five months now, uh, working at the new area, the outpost. Uh, mechanic out down there, and I've been mechanicing for two and a half, three years now, learning a lot and just like continuing to, you know, try and learn more and, you know, get deeper into the bike industry. And I think transition has been, you know, super great that way. Uh, you know, the people are super supportive and willing to help me grow and do whatever I'm trying to do. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been, <laughs> right it's been great. Yeah, co totally. Is there anybody else uh, you want to say hi to out there or plug anything else? Uh, well, if you're listening uh, and you know who I am, hello. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> That's cool, man. Right on. Uh, well, thanks for your time. Thanks for swinging by, swinging by the the tent here today on this yeah. hot day and uh, sitting down for a few minutes and you know saying hi to the world out there and, and inspiring more cyclists or more people riding bikes or yes, right now, so. everybody go out and ride. Ride it's bikes, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah good for, sure. for the soul. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, thanks so much again. Anybody out there, if you have a, a short story you want to share, you can find me iRideABike.com or on Instagram at, at iRideABike. And until next time, ride safe and ride happy. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes and ride the days into the night. Though our eyes would soon be open for the This has been a production of iRide LLC. For more information, please visit iRideABike.com. Theme song by Spencer Alby. Want to hear more? Enter at Spencer Alby on socials and streaming platforms.